Hello, and welcome to Are You Going to Eat Your Fat? This podcast is a resource dedicated to those struggling with eating disorders. If you are struggling with an eating disorder or know someone who is, maybe a brother, sister, daughter, wife, we want to be here to provide resources and offer hope. I am Dina Lewis, and I'm here with my husband, co-host, Brian Lewis. We are not doctors, but we do come with more than 20 years history in dealing with eating disorders. Whether you found us on purpose or by mistake, whatever the case, we hope by the end of this episode, you have learned something, or at least if you are struggling, you do not feel alone. Hi, and welcome to Are You Gonna Eat Your Fat? I'm Dina. And I'm Brian. And welcome to this week's episode. I know a lot of you guys have had dealt with the holidays already after you hear this podcast and we've had Thanksgiving. And I know sometimes that can be a triggering time for a lot of people, especially if you're new in recovery. But I just wanted to say that I understand those feelings of the fear and the what ifs that are going to happen that day. But like we've talked about it before, planning is your best thing you can do. Planning ahead, talking to finding people that are going to support you that day. Sometimes all we want to do is isolate and remove ourselves from the situation, but that I think can be one of the worst things that you can do for yourself. And I know feeling like I'm not enough, and I once I get into that dark place, it's hard to come out of it, but it is easy to isolate, and especially during this time of the year, but we thought we'd share maybe some statistics with you and of what's going on currently. I think just a word about the holidays. We all recognize whether we're addicts or not, that the holidays are a very stressful time. They're a time where you're going to be around family and some of the family you really like and some of the family you really don't. And I think part of what Dina's saying in terms of planning is if you're going over for a meal or gathering, because social gatherings only happen two ways, around money and around food. You know if it's a gathering around family that you're probably going to have a meal together. The note I wanted to give is that to do that successfully, you have to be prepared. What do you think is going to be there and what's on your food plan? What are you going to do? You know, and I think as much as you're prepared for your meal plan, you're also prepared for those individuals that are going to trigger you because you know that even if you try and avoid some people, they're going to say something, whether it's in another room or whether it's to your face that may not be kind or maybe cause you to beat yourself up. And so think about those things and those people and those situations and think about how you're going to deal with that. When somebody comes up to you and says, geez, you look terrible. Why don't you eat a sandwich? What are you going to do? How are you going to react? And maybe even as part of your plan, figure after this gathering that we have, Maybe I need a meeting. Maybe I need to sit down and discuss with a group what just went on and my impulse to act out. And maybe that's the best plan you can have. So just recognize that those things are stressful and they're stressful for everybody to somebody who's either in recovery or just starting out in recovery. Really think about what's my plan and be able to have an answer for that. And I think if you do, you'll be really successful in navigating some of the stress of the holidays. When I read this one statistic, I was 
saddened and kind of surprised by it. But where I read, it said every 62 minutes, at least one person dies as a direct result of an eating disorder. That's just too many people. And I think the rise is out there and they've said that eating disorders have increased since COVID where more people had to stay inside and couldn't get out. And then, of course, you're isolating more. People were worried about paying their rent and jobs. And there was a lot of trauma and stress going on at that time. And, of course, some of us take it out on our bodies. I've said it before. I might have years of recovery, but I can still look in the mirror and not like what I see. Somebody else may not notice it, but I see it. A little bump, a little curve is just exaggerated to me. You know, I know the holidays can increase that awareness and you start having negative thoughts and feelings about your body and that whole distorted body image. And I wanted to share with you, I guess it was my brother's birthday party and my sister-in-law had taken a picture of me with a cake for my brother that year and had given it to me. I saw myself every day in a mirror, but what I saw through my eyes was not what other people were seeing. And that picture really showed me what I look like. I couldn't distort the picture. The picture was what it was. And that picture really made me go, oh my goodness, I got to do something. Not that I really wanted to do something, but it did give me that shock. Like I saw who I really was and what I was looking like, and it scared me. I know it's hard to accept yourself and what you look like, especially with today's standards. You have the Kardashians and you have everybody else in social media. And, you know, it always gets me because you see people on Instagram and everybody wants to use these filters so they don't look like they have any wrinkles, but then they say they're so body positive. And it confuses me, but I'm like, okay, I do have wrinkles. You know, I don't use Botox and that's not who I am, but it is hard to look at that and you want to look like that because I do at times as well. I mean, I've had five babies and everybody has these short midriff shirts on and that's what they sell in the stores now, but hello, can't go there. I mean, I could, but I don't want to. So it's very difficult to keep up with the times and the fashion when everything is kind of towards a 13-year-old kid. And I think it's always been that way. And I think it's always pointed, especially at women, not that this is just a necessarily a woman's disease, because we know it's not. I know that I see my wife sometimes struggle with body issues. And I'm like, you have to recognize two things I want to tell you. You have to recognize when you see things on your body that you don't like, you are magnifying that at least 10 times. So what you see as an imperfect flaw you know, subtract 10 from that. And that's really where it's at. And that's part of the body dysmorphia. That's part of this disease. The other thing is on social media, it's important for everybody to realize, and I'm sure you realize it, but I'm going to vocalize it and say, you know, on social media, nobody ever celebrates their failures. Nobody ever goes, Hey, I just lost my job. My wife left me and my car broke down all in the same week. People celebrate their successes and they all want to look good doing it. And it's really just a fake window dressing. And it's nothing more than that. And it's usually designed to get you to buy something and separate your money from your wallet. Having those realizations about really what social media is. And like Dina was saying, when she was confronted by that picture, it was a moment of, oh, shoot, is that really what I look like? 
there's no dodging a picture. You're confronted with that picture and that is you. And I think we all kind of do that in terms of, ooh, is that how I smile in a picture? What face am I making there? What's that thing that I see on my face? And also, you are your worst critic. You're going to see things and magnify them. And, and everybody does that. It's not just particular to somebody who's disordered eating, but everybody does that. Just recognize that you're doing it and try to say, you know, hey, that's just me. No big deal. Move on. And not, try not to focus on it, I guess, is the best advice. Or if you're really struggling with it, maybe have a conversation with your sponsor and say, this is bothering me. Can you help talk me through it? Another statistic that I saw was 75% of people with eating disorders don't seek professional help. I guess my point of view on that, or treatment, I imagine, too, is that treatment is so darn expensive. You know, not everybody can well, afford anything's that. anything's expensive. I mean, you're going to a therapist is expensive. In terms of, I got to take time off from work. I got to pay this person. I think you're really limited in what a therapist can do for you versus what a treatment facility can do for you. I think the best a therapist can do for you is to get you to somewhere where you can get treatment. But like Dina was saying, those are significant costs and not everybody has resources. Really, it says only 46% of people who have anorexia or an eating disorder achieve full recovery. And 20% face lifelong health challenges and remain chronically ill due to the disorder. One thing on that, and it's just my opinion, not everybody has to believe it. I never think of myself as fully recovered, and I never will. As soon as I think I've hit the jackpot and I can do this and I'm on my own, that's the biggest red flag for me ever. I will always be in recovery. And that's okay with me because that's a good place for me to be in. Another thing is I did see girls that I was in treatment with that may have had bulimia or whatever disorder that they had, eating disorder that they had at the time, and they did really well in the recovery for that, and then they went and flipped and had anorexia the next time. So sometimes it's not unheard of. I didn't face that dilemma, but there were a lot of girls that would start with, I know for sure, with alcohol. And then they would kind of be able to deal with the alcoholism and they would go in and have an eating disorder next. And it's just being able to cope with one thing and then move into something else. And I think it's really, really common. I also was in treatment with girls that had lasting effects of having an eating disorder, the loss of hair, the thinning of their hair and their hair never getting thick again, their stomachs protruding. My one friend that she couldn't have create tears anymore. There's so many things. It's not just the eating disorder itself that you have to deal with. A lot of post-traumatic distress happens, a lot of depression. And I didn't even know I was depressed. And the doctor had given me, I think it was Prozac. And man, once I took that, they were like, yeah, it will take effect in like two weeks. It took effect in like less than 24 hours, and I was feeling so much better. But remember the struggle to get yes, you to take that. Yes, but there was... Because this is a fat pill. This is going to make me fat. No, I don't remember it being a fat pill. I remember thinking, I don't want to get addicted to anything, and you know, but maybe to that, but I don't remember that exactly. I remember those conversations about it being a fat pill, and if I'm wrong, but that's just my memory of it, that it was a struggle because... And I don't want to say maybe I'm mischaracterizing it inaccurately because not so much a fat pill, but knowing that this pill may make me well again, 
which therefore means I need to be at a healthy weight. So I am going to gain weight by taking this pill. And so that's a concern because I'm resistant to do that because I'm an addict and I like to be able to manipulate my food. Maybe that's more characteristic. I don't know. But I remember those conversations. I want to go back and circle back one more thing about the statistics. And this isn't a hopeless disease. There is recovery out there. And I think one of the things that Dina spoke to in terms of, you know, putting the ED on recovery. And I think once you put that ED on recovery, you're taking that first step and crumpling it into a ball and hitting the waste paper basket with it. Because the first step has to be, I got myself to this place. I can't do it. I need help. And once you add ED, that's saying, hey, I got this. I no longer need help. And that's not accurate. And I think that leads you down the path of relapse more than anything. I think once somebody says, you know, I got this. I feel great. I don't need to go to meetings anymore. I don't need to worry about this anymore. That's the disease talking and fooling you into thinking, yeah, you don't need this anymore because you got it. Well, you got it led to you being sick. Well, and you have to remember, it's cunning and baffling. It's going to enter your life when you least expect it, when you're least prepared. And that's why we encourage everybody to plan out your meals. You know, a lot of people plan them out for a week and have it ready there because it's going to strike you when you're not expecting it because that's what it's going to wants to do. It wants to destroy your life. It wants to consume you and take over everything. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. But one of the things that I really want this podcast to do is bring awareness to more and more people. And I think we're doing that. But I want to share with you guys, because I didn't know there was this, but NIDA, National Eating Disorder Association, provides a National Eating Disorder Week. And for 2024, it's going to be held, and I wrote it down, and now I can't find it, (laughs) February 26th through March 1st, 2024. And I'm going to do everything I can to help bring awareness as much as I can, wherever I can. Just recently, I've tried to call our state representatives and see what's on the docket there so that we can bring awareness to people and maybe, I don't know, legislation can help this in some way or other. Well, certainly financial support would be helpful. I mean, even minimal financial support would be helpful because when we were going through it, it was the financial support of zero. And look, I know healthcare is expensive. I know if you have a terminal disease, which this obviously is, you know, you want the best healthcare available and you will pay for it. But, you know, some relief to those people who are struggling would really not only help bring this out of the closet and say, this disease exists. It is not something that we need to be silent about anymore. We need to really pitch in and get people involved in trying to address, because I think NA has that. I think AA has that. I don't think that once upon a time, Alcoholics Anonymous and Alcoholics in general were put in a closet and said, we don't talk about that. We're not going to talk about that because it's a shame on our family. And I think we've made great strides in addiction recovery in that system, but I don't think we've made it in disordered eating. I just don't see it. And as much as discouraging as some of these statistics are, you're still worth it. And if you find yourself struggling, there are resources out there that are free resources. Take advantage of those and let's get to a place where you can feel better and not take it out on yourself. Well, and you know, this national 
Awareness Week, the three things it's going to be doing or what it does is, one, it's there to educate the public about eating disorders. It's to share a hopeful message, obviously with caregivers, with people suffering as well, and then to provide and share access to other resources for people out there to know what's in your area that can help you. I don't want you guys to forget that if for some reason we haven't heard from you guys through emails or something and you need to have Brian and I sit down on the phone with you and talk, we're willing to do that. If you email us, just let us know and we can reach out on the phone and we can sit down and communicate with you guys more one-on-one. Maybe you can share more of what your struggles are. And if you're alone, we can hopefully provide with you with hope and maybe a resource that can help you and your family. We will also honor your anonymity too. We're not going to, hey, you know, June Cleaver spoke to us today. I mean, that's just not something we're going to do. We would honor your anonymity and try to be a resource for you to give you some benefit of our experience and what you can do to help a loved one or help yourself. But please reach out. You're not alone. We really want to help. If I can help one person, it would be great. And I know that just because you're not dealing with anorexia like I dealt with anorexia, it's still a big issue. It's and dealing it's, with food. It's the same disease. Whether you binge eat, whether you restrict, it's the same disease. Don't get focused on, well, she's a recovering anorexic and I do this with it. I purge. That's totally, it's all about the food. It's the same disease. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great week and please reach out to us if you need something. Remember, we have a Patreon. I also have a Facebook group. It's called Eat That Fat. Are you going to eat your fat? Sorry. <laughs> it's called Are You Going to Eat Your Fat? Get on there and I'll let you in. And we just try and share encouraging words and really positive things just to uplift everybody. Our Gmail is eatthatfat at gmail.com. If you guys want to give a little, great. You know, if someday we hope that we can provide, if we get money from different sources, maybe we can provide a scholarship so that one of you guys can go to treatment. That would be a great goal. And not bear the cost. That would be awesome. And we hope, you know, even through what we're going to do legislatively to provide some relief to families that are struggling and individuals who are struggling, it would be great to be able through contributions to our Patreon. Are you going to eat that fat at Patreon? If you donate that, we're going to set up a scholarship. So maybe somebody that's struggling and doesn't have means to get help, we can provide that help. So that's our goal. And if one of you guys wants to share your story on our podcast, please let us know and just email us. And we would love to. We will soon be having some other guests on so that they can share their stories. But by all that, thank you so much. Have a great week. And we'll end it with the serenity prayer. God, God grant, grant me the, the serenity to accept, accept the things, things I cannot change, change the, courage the courage to change the things, things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. difference. Thanks Keep coming back. back. It, it works, works when you work it. Work it so, so work, work it. it. You are worth, You're it. worth it. Have a good one. Bye, guys. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you found this podcast useful or we have given you hope and you want to reach out and contribute, feel free to do so at eatthatfat at gmail.com. That's eatthatfat at gmail.com. Our pledge to you is that every penny that we get in contributions goes to production costs and keeping the lights on. We will not pay ourselves, but anything above and beyond production costs will go to benefit organizations that specialize in eating disorders. 
Please reach out to us if you need resources or you just need to talk. You are not alone and there are people who care. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You are worth it. Thank you.